keeping it real, y'all. That's all I do. Amen. If you have your Bibles, if you would, turn with me to the book of Luke chapter 6. Amen. I have the wonderful position of being in between you and some food today. And... Um, you know, some of you are like, yeah, uh, you need to be aware of that, Pastor. I'm very aware, very aware, and I'm going to, you know, I'm gonna do the best I can. It's hard to pay attention when you know food is on the line. Amen. As you're turning there, I want to ask you this question. How much, how much do you love terrorists? How much do you love them? How about the latest person who shot up a school or a church or a public event? You might be thinking to yourself right now, Pastor, that's absurd. Why would you even ask me that? I only ask because this is the statement or the command that Jesus makes that most irritates me. I'm just being honest with you. When I read the Scripture, if I'm going to be completely honest, when I hear Jesus say, love your enemies, I'm like, really? Not slap them? Not devise evil against them. <laughs> you know, not hope that something bad happens. Now, I'm not talking about just that inconsiderate jerk who shows up occasionally in your life. We're not just talking about the co-worker who steals your lunch. Or the guy who cuts you off on the highway and then blames you for it. I love that one. But Jesus and His audience in the Scripture here, they live under an oppressive, occupying Roman government. The Romans, they ruled by torture, they ruled by violence, murder, and they would keep people in line that way. And if you didn't agree with them, well, they would just put you up as a public spectacle for all to see. And your uh, humiliated, broken, bleeding body would be an example to everybody. Don't do this. Don't go against the Romans. So everybody listening to Jesus talk about love your enemies, oh man, they had plenty of stuff. I mean, you talk about the, I hate your guts, you know. If the Israelites could have said that, they would have said, we hate the Romans' guts. We hate them. More than anything, we just hate them. The enemies of the Israelites, the Romans, the soldiers, the officers that carried out their daily violent torment and domination over them. Today in this Sacred Selfies message, our last message of the series, I want us to take a look at what the Bible has to say about what it looks like when we love our enemies. So let's peek in on this conversation uh, that we find in Luke chapter 20, uh, verse 27 and through 35 of Luke 6. Jesus says this, and, and I, again, I don't like this. Not my favorite scripture, not my favorite part of the Bible. Um, but this is Jesus, so we got to listen and we got to try to obey. This is what he says But I say unto you which hear, love your enemies, do good to them which hate you, bless them that curse you, and pray for them which despitefully use you. And unto him that smiteth thee on the one cheek, offer also the other, and him that taketh away thy cloak, forbid not to take thy coat also. Give to every man that asketh of thee, and of him that taketh away thy goods, ask them not again. And as ye would that men should do to you, do ye also to them likewise. For if ye love them which love you, what thank have ye? For sinners also love those that love them. And if ye do good to them which do good to you, what thank have ye? For sinners also do even the same. And if ye lend to them of whom ye hope to receive, what thank have ye? For sinners also lend to sinners to receive as much again. 
But love your enemies and do good and lend, hoping for nothing again. And your reward shall be great, and ye shall be the children of the highest. For He is kind unto the unthankful and to the evil. <laughs> oh. oh, I promised you uh, when we started this church and, and as your pastor, I promised you we would deal with passages I didn't like either. This is one of those, I, I love justice, I love things being fair and right, and this just does not seem fair to me. So today we're going to tackle one of my least favorite passages. Does that sound good? Alright, let's pray that God will help us. Jesus, thank You for Your Word. Thank You, God, for what You're doing in our hearts and lives. And God, uh, we thank You, Lord, that even though sometimes we uh, don't like it and we don't uh, feel uh, the fuzzy good feel-goods whenever we read Your Word, that we know that it is transforming us into what You want us to be. And God, we will give You the glory and the praise in Jesus' name. Everybody say Amen. 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 God bless you. You can be seated. Man, love your enemies. Do good and lend and don't hope for anything again. If somebody takes it from you, don't ask it back. And Oh my goodness. Jesus personally gave us the ultimate example of how to treat our enemies even when it's difficult to love them. I'm not, I know there's not going to be a lot of amens today. I get that, okay? Uh, but try, just try to stay with me. I'm going to go really quick. It's very hard to discover other people's needs or other ways to help them uh, if we don't look around and see what's going on. You have to be aware. You have to kind of stick your nose in, and see what is happening. And So you have to take a look at your own life. You have to take a look at your own needs and what it is that you need, what it is that you want. And uh, I, I really kind of focus on the last uh, part of that script. Like I'm good until I get to the last line and then the last line just wrecks me. Right? Because he's kind to the unthankful and to the evil. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh yeah, okay. Alright, I see. It's very difficult for us because the human race has a lot more in common than we think when we strip away all of our distractions. At the core of our being is the desire uh, to be treated well and to be valued. For this reason, a lot of times we seek validation from other people. The number of likes we get or we don't get on Instagram. Uh, maybe the, the feeling of, of rejection when somebody doesn't re immediately respond to our text messages. I counted the other day, uh, last week I sent out some texts and 14 of my texts never got answered. And I was like, really? I know you people, you know? What is wrong with you? And I was just kind of, I was like, it, it kind of got to me. And I'm like, really? You know, uh, you were too busy to say boo? You know, just, hey, busy, anything. You know, give me a, a emoticon. I don't care. It's just whatever. And I got a little irritated. I'm thinking, you know, what is wrong with me? What is wrong with, with, with my, my love mechanism? <laughs> because sometimes I have trouble with this passage of Scripture. I really have trouble uh, because... When I, when I look at this and, and I'm not being validated and I'm not being appreciated and I'm not, you know, uh, somebody does something unfair, I have a hard time just letting it roll off. You ever know, you know, some people can just let things just roll off. I am not one of those, you know, water off a duck's back kind of people. Like, you mess with me or you mess with my family, I'm kind of like, really? What's wrong with you, you know? What did, what did, what did we do to you, right? 
And, and in Luke 6.31, Jesus describes something that our culture has come to know as the golden rule. Anybody know what the golden rule is? What is it? Do unto others, right, as you would have them do to you. For the, the, the issue here is that we are all vulnerable. We're all vulnerable. We can all experience strife. We can all experience anxiety. We can all experience pain. And so uh, life brings us a lot of stuff. It, ling- it really brings us stuff. And so the reason why Jesus says is we should treat and value other people in a way that we would want to be treated and valued if we were in their situation. A lot of us, we're so busy we don't stop to think about what their situation might be or could have been. Verses 32 through 35, we're seeing Jesus explain we should love our enemies with no regard for receiving anything in return. We should give, we should lend, we should treat people well for the simple fact that God has exemplified this toward us. We should do it because He already did it for us. We shouldn't do it thinking that we will receive something in return because He didn't expect to receive anything in return from us. Extending grace to our enemies can be a really good way for us to check ourselves. <laughs> we might unknowingly be considered an enemy to somebody else. You ever thought about that? You ever thought about who might not like you? They might think you're a, a real jerk. I have. I've thought about that before. And uh, I try to be aware of these things. But you know what? We are at some point, all of us are going to find ourselves in the need of grace. We're all going to find ourselves in the need to be forgiven, to need to be uh, uh, loved, to be appreciated, to be valued. And knowing that we have the ability to make mistakes and hurt other people should keep us in a self-examination mode that says, hey, wait a second, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm not perfect either. As I read about the latest shooting or the latest beheading, my natural response is to dehumanize the people who do these things. Uh, I'm just being real with you. I I, uh, am human, just like everybody else here. I know I'm the pastor and I'm supposed to be real holy and that's, I'm trying. I'm I'm doing the best I can. But I want to think of these people as monsters (laughs) or demons, you know, Uh, or something that allows me to just kind of pretend they're not human. I know, I'm seeing your faces. Y'all do it too. That's not true. It's not true. Each one was born. Each had a father and a mother. They eat, they drink, they have personal stories and experiences. Um, you know, they're all, they have all experienced pain. They've all experienced joy. They're human. And if I take the narrative of the Bible to be true, which I do, they are fellow children of God. And He loves them. (laughs) That's what I really have trouble with. Let's just be honest. You know, when I was growing up, I used to think my parents loved my sister more than they did me. I'm I'm still pretty sure of that. But (laughs) most siblings have a problem with that, right? It's like, you love this one more than you love me. And... Uh, my three, they, they're really funny, and they're not in here, so I can talk about them right now. Uh, but my three, they are, they're, they're, they all think that we like Ashton the best, and, and, and Ashton thinks that we like the girls the best. And I mean, it's just, a, it's, it goes round and round and round. And this is what I kind of have a problem with. God, how can you love them? 
How can you love the, the beheaders and the murderers and the school shooters? How, how can you love them, God? I, I don't know. I hope that's not too real for you, but I'm just, I struggle with it. And, and I, I have to go to God in prayer and I have to talk to Him about it because they're human. Now, I want to be very clear. I'm not supporting uh, or accepting terrorism, okay, or mass shootings. I'm not in favor of that. I'm also not arguing against legal consequences that need to follow up. Thank you. Thank you, Isaac. Uh, that need to follow some of these things that happen. But I will say, um, if I hate the people who do these things, I'm not hating monsters or demons. I'm hating fellow humans. Some people are, some of them, they suffer from mental illness. Some of them from just personal anguish or from religious manipulation. And in the midst of grief and anger for those who suffer, can I not spare some compassion for those who have missed out on the life filled with grace and hope that Jesus has called us to live? We, we like to live in a binary black and white world <laughs> with everyone being basically good or bad. But life isn't so cut and dry. Someone can be guilty of terrible things and still deserve compassion. And I know this may not, you may not like this message today and you may be like, I'm not going back to that church. That guy's saying you need to love these bad people. When we love our enemies, guess what we do? We reflect Christ's love. We, we are never more reflecting Christ's love than when we love our enemies and those who hate us and those who do evil against us. Leaving from the golden rule along with learning to love our enemies helps us mold ourselves uh, through God's power into our Christ-given identity. It's kind of, you know, we're talking about sacred selfies. That's our, our theme this last several messages. What, what can we do, amen, to be more like Jesus? What can we do to look more like Jesus? How can we resemble Him more? Christ died sacrificially so that we would be unified in love with one another and we would serve other people just like He did while He was here. It's easy to represent uh, you know, Jesus if we love. If we don't love, um, you know, and if we are... If it, let's just think, let's think about a family situation. You ever... Have you ever... How many of you have siblings? Let's let's go there. You all have siblings. Just about everybody has siblings. Good, good. I know. I'm sorry, Jessica. Um, I'm just kidding, Tyresha. Um, but a lot of times we... How many of you have done something for one of your siblings? You've done something. You did like you, you bought them something, you took them out to eat, you I don't know, you helped them clean something, whatever, you did something. And how many of you you were like, okay, now you owe me? <laughs> Come on, let's be honest. Now you owe me, right? You were thinking, I'm gonna do this, but then you owe me. And and a lot of times that's how we are uh, in our in our in all of our relationships. It's like, well, if I do this, you know, I I think you should should do something for me. Um, you know, whenever we were growing up, my, my sister and I, we were growing up. 
we would make deals like, I'll do this if you'll do this. You know, you're, if I do this, you're going to owe me. If, I, if you do that for it, then I'll do this for you. And, and, and it was just kind of a, one of those ways that we uh, work things out. And, and, and I know that there are some very healthy boundaries that all relationships need to have. Uh, I'm not saying you shouldn't have boundaries in your relationships, but I, I will say we need to remember whenever it comes to some of these relationships and situations that I'm talking about loving your enemies, we got to get to the place where we don't expect anything in return. Right. Right. Because if we truly love someone properly, then even if we don't get anything back, if we didn't expect it, it won't hurt our feelings. Right. If we don't, uh, you know, feel that appreciation and that uh, uh, evaluation that they put on us for what we've done, we won't have resentment stir up in us because we love them, and because we love them, we did something for them. Uh, this is kind of like this is the way I would I would try to. I have three children, you know that, uh, and a dog. Um, whenever I do things for my children, yes, I, some, some days I'm like, now, I did something for you, I'd really like to see something in return. Um, I don't ever feel that way about my dog, about my wife's dog, I mean. Uh, I never feel that way. Whenever I do something for Brutus, uh, he's just an awesome dog. And I never think, Brutus, dude, you owe me. Come on, come on, you know. I don't think, why? Because uh, I understand our relationship. We've got a good relationship. I love on him and he licks me. That's our relationship. It's, it's just a good relationship. But what I'm trying to say is we need to understand that there are people in our lives, there are enemies in our lives, there are people who are mean to us in our lives that God has placed in our lives. He has placed them in our life. Let me say it one more time. God placed these people in your life. He allowed you to be in communication with them. He allows them to irritate the ever-living fire out of you. And He's even put these horrible people, He's allowed these horrible people to exist. Why doesn't God take all the evil from the world? Because then we'd all be puppets and robots. And we're not. He's given man free will and free choice. And that's why people do really evil things and bad things. Because if God takes away that choice, then guess what? We're all doing it because we have to. So God doesn't do that. And so we understand that we've got to have relationships where our expectation is different. Loving others is a hard choice. Because it involves never knowing if it will be reciprocated. But Jesus did the same for us. And guess what? He says, I want you to be like me. And so guess what? We, when we are loving our enemies and we are not expecting anything in return, you never look so much like Jesus. That's the whole purpose. Love reveals our true identity. What do you love? Who do you love? How do you love? That's going to show who you are. Jesus said, excuse me, Jesus said, they will know that you are my disciples because of your love. Right? Yes. And he was talking about their love one for another. And, and then, you know, he even goes into this tirade about loving your enemies. And he says, you know, this is how they're going to see. This is how they're going to know. Do they deserve it? No. But did you deserve it? No. 
I'm not seeking to humanize terrorists and murderers because they deserve it. Or because I'm trying to ignore their actions, but I want to humanize them because it's true. It's also the only way that we can hope to stem the tide of terrorism and shootings at schools and malls and workplaces and houses of worship. Hear me today. Because if these actions are the work of monsters and demons without God intervening, we are powerless to stop them. We can only shake our head and feel like uh, this, 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 this is so sad because these things cannot be stopped. But if I'm dealing with humans, I have hope. If I'm dealing with humanity, then I have hope. Hope because the messages of love and acceptance and peace, they could be heard by the humans. They could be received by the humans. Hope that God can redeem even the worst of sinners. If I don't think that they're humans, I'll never share that message with them. If I don't think that they have hope, amen, then I will never present, hey, God save me from all this. God save me from all the way down in the gutter. And God can save you too. It doesn't matter if you've been on drugs. It doesn't matter if you've committed murder. It, come on somebody. None of that matters. All that matters is you to God. Amen. And He loves you and He died to save you. That's the message of hope. And if they're human, they have a chance to hear it. Amen. Hope that God can redeem them. Hope that God can redeem me even in my worst sin too. This weekend I've been praying for Janice. Uh, She's been writing letters for 18 months and talking to Gabe. who's a young man involved in, in one of the school shootings here in Kentucky a few years ago. And uh, she went to see him this week and her intent and our prayers are that God will use the messages of hope and love to bring this human back to Jesus and that he would experience transformation that's only found in the love of God. It's not natural love. It's not normal love. It's not a regular or human love. It is supernatural love. And that is what we need to penetrate into Gabe's heart. Amen? That's what we need to penetrate. Why? Because this young man has thrown his life away by killing people. Amen? In a public school here in Kentucky. And and now he's going to be in jail for a very, very long time. Amen? He He's not really got a lot of hope. But what Janice is writing to him and what we're praying for is that God will let hope break through into his life because he's still human and he can still find his way back to God. Amen. Jesus gives us two specific commands that will reveal whether we truly love our enemy or not. The first one he says is pray for your enemies. I'm not talking about God, please just give that jerk what they have coming to him, you know. Um, you know, somebody used to say, you know, you heap coals of fire on their head, and you're like, God, let fire come down upon them. No, I'm not talking about that. And, and I also don't think that you need to spend an hour each night asking God to bless them abundantly. That's not what I'm talking about. There's a way to pray both for justice and for the hearts of those committing injustices. If you have hate in your heart for somebody, maybe it starts with this. God, I hate that person. <laughs> And I don't want to. But I, I hate that person right now. God, I, I hate them. Can you help me? Because I don't want to hate them anymore. Maybe that's the first prayer that you need to pray. Uh, maybe you can hardly even speak their name right now. I don't know. I know. I'm, I'm way off in the deep right now. C.S. Lewis said, Prayer doesn't change God, it changes me. 
So when I pray for things, one of the best uh, pieces of advice anybody gave me, my wife and I, we were going through a really rough time in our life, uh, didn't quite understand. We understand now on, on the back side of it, we understand, but then we didn't understand. And we had like, I had to deal with feelings every day of not really horribly disliking somebody. I don't want to say that I hated them, but I really had a problem with liking them. And somebody wiser than me said, hey, you need to pray for them every day out loud. Say their name. It's like, really? Okay. You say I need to do it. I'm going to do it because I, I didn't want to have bitterness. I didn't want to have hatred in my heart. And so every day I prayed for them. And you know what? Uh, I, I got over it much faster than they did. I got through it much like, man, when, I'm telling you, when the time came that they came back, uh, and, and sometimes it never happens, but when they came back and they apologized for everything, I was like, hey, it's no big deal. It's all good. God, you know, God had a plan. I didn't know it then, but God had a plan. And, and so when you pray for your enemy, it opens you up to the work of the Holy Ghost in your life. It opens you up for God to be able to get in there and all the junk that needs to come out, He just starts getting all of it out. And, and all the, the, the bitterness and all the hatred and all the anger, He just comes in and replaces it with love and peace and joy. But you got to pray. You've got to pray for your enemies. The second thing that reveals uh, our heart as far as loving our enemies is uh, when, when we forgive our enemies. Martin Luther King Jr. in Strength to Love suggests that forgiveness is the decisive factor in how much you can love your enemy. Forgiveness is the decisive factor in how much you can love your enemy. I fully agree with that. I really do. Here, here's why. When Jesus looks at His executioners from the cross and He offers forgiveness, can there be any doubt of His love for them? When relatives of the victims of the South Carolina church shooting offer forgiveness to that young man uh, who murdered their loved ones, could anybody doubt that they were seeking to take Jesus' words and example seriously? There's so many. There's, there's movies been made about it and books been written about it. But whenever somebody finds a way to forgive, it is a powerful unlocking in their life. Loving your enemies doesn't mean you have to add them to your Christmas list or make them your best friend. It doesn't mean that you excuse their actions or, or you know, that you just kind of ignore. It just means that you forgive them with the understanding and the knowledge that God is both merciful and just. He says, vengeance is mine. I'll take care of it. I'll repay. So that's not my job. My job is not to repay. My job is not to get even. My job is to forgive. When I forgive and I pray for my enemies, I find love for my enemies. Jesus faced the worst uh, hatred and humiliation that any human ever had to face ever had to endure through prayer and forgiveness in our hearts, we can learn to love our enemies. And guess what we do? When we do that, people look at us and they say, how did you do that, Jesus? How, how could you love somebody that's that unlovable? Well, you don't understand. I'm that unlovable too. And Jesus loved me, so He empowers me to love others. This is a church where love is the answer. And, and you know, it's easy to talk about loving yourself and loving God and loving others, but do you love your enemies? That's, that's when we most display God. Can I just be really honest with you in closing? Most days I try to get there, but there are some days 
where just the sheer weight and enormity of the evil that goes on in our world, it really bears down hard on me. And some days I have trouble praying for those people. Some days I have trouble loving those people and definitely have trouble forgiving them. The best thing that you can do is start speaking those words out loud. If you can't speak them out loud, start writing them in a journal or in a notebook. God, I forgive them. You, you might have a, a former spouse or somebody in your life that is you know, just not where they need to be and maybe they've really you know, jerked you around and you, you just feel used and abused and you, you, you've got all kinds of bitterness and, and hatred and anger that's built up in your life and you're like, they're my rival, they're my enemy, I hate them. You need to start loving them. You need to start praying for them. You need to start uh, saying out loud, I forgive them and name whatever it is that you forgive them for. And some of you are thinking, well, that'd be great, but they're not even alive anymore. I hate them for what they did to me. They're not even alive. I can't even talk to them about it anymore. You can still forgive them. You can still let it go. Whatever they did to you could not be any worse than what we have done in our lives and the sin that we nailed Jesus to the cross with. Would you stand with me as I close today? I was very honest with you. I'm very trying to be very transparent. I don't like this portion of Scripture. It's not my favorite. It's not the one that I have tacked up on my wall. <laughs> I don't read it every day. Ooh, that's so good. I, I just don't. I, because there's a few days that I really, I'm like, God, I, I don't know. I, I don't know how you can love them. And then I hear Him say, it's the same way that I love you. And so I'm still working at it. This is not one of those things that I've conquered. And if that makes you feel bad, you know, and say, I'm, I'm going to need to find another church with a better pastor, go ahead. It's okay. I'm just going to be honest. God is dealing with us about revealing His identity to this lost and dying world. And the only way that that's going to happen, the only way that that truly happens is when I love the one who doesn't do good to me. When I love without expecting something in return. It's not easy, but it is attainable. And God will help you. I don't know what God's dealing with you about, and I'm not even going to uh, pretend to think that there's you know, something that I need to speak to you right now. I just feel like there needs to be some repentance that takes place in this building today. And we come to God and say, God, would you forgive me? Would you forgive me for having a hard heart? Would you forgive me for not loving and not forgiving? And God, now that I see it in Your Word, would You help me not to hate these people and not to hate this person? And God, that You would help me to love them and forgive them and pray for them. Whatever you need to do, if you need to kneel down or sit where you're sitting, if you want to come to this altar, amen, whatever you need to do today, why don't we respond, amen, to this message that God has given us today. We need to love our enemies. We need to pray for them and we need to forgive them. And God will reveal His love and His identity through that act.